You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing overcoming two major pain points in practice. Our guest is Dr. Jason Goodchild, currently the Director of Clinical Affairs at Premier Dental Products Company. He's involved in developing innovative new products and educating clinicians to improve clinical practice. And Dr. Goodchild is a practicing dentist as well. Pleasure to have you on the show, Dr. Goodchild. Thanks, Phil. Happy to be here. Regarding taking impressions, it's one of the most important and critical procedures for a dentist. Can you give us an example of a major pain point related to this procedure? One of the most important things to think about when when making impressions is that uh, a lot of the basics apply to when you take an impression um, with conventional impression material or uh, via a scanner. And then the pain point, I think, uh, that has to be overcome is tissue management. Uh, You have to be able to control bleeding and fluid. You have to be able to create a clear environment so that the impression material can actually uh, uh, record the details of the prep and the surrounding tissue. Uh, Or if you're doing it optically, uh, you the camera has to be able to see all of the important preparation details um, that are present so it can be replicated and then, the, you know, the dental lab can do their thing and, and provide you with a wonderful restoration. Yeah, and that's interesting that you bring up digital impressions because some dentists are under the misconception that if you're not using typical traditional dental impression material, you don't really need to worry as much about tissue management because, you know, obviously you don't have to worry about the material going under the gingival margins to get the final margins of the prep. But you're saying digitally is just as important. It might be even more so because, you know, the camera can't see through blood and tissue and t- and, uh, and, and, and saliva. It, all that stuff has to be cleaned out of the way. And it, you need to have a clean path to be able to record those details. And so that is just as important whether you're doing it digitally or conventionally. Um, you know, maybe the, the trend towards ceramic restorations and keeping finish lines at or above the gingiva sort of changes things around a little bit. But if we're still talking about uh, gingiva that may be traumatized during the prep and maybe there's some bleeding and maybe there's some uh, a tissue that sort of falls in on the preparation margin, uh, tissue management is a must. You, I mean, it's a do not pass kind of thing. You know, you just can't, you can't make an impression when there's blood and all this stuff in the way. Got to clean it up. What are some of the ways a clinician can overcome tissue management today? Well, historically, to achieve tissue management, we've always gone, we've really usually gone the route of uh, gingival retraction cord uh, for lots of reasons. One, it's predictable. Um, We're very used to doing it. Uh, It's a technique that's taught in dental school. uh, And and best of all, it's actually really cheap, Uh, maybe less than a dollar, 50 50 cents per application for a gingival retraction cord. Um, But, you know, I think we were always looking for better, better solutions. And and that's where things like a gingival retraction paste comes in. Uh, things like Traxident, uh, things like Exposil, 3M retraction paste. Uh, there are a number on the market, and they're all clay-based, um, which uh, is a, a clay which can absorb moisture. And then if they contain things like aluminum chloride to stop, you know, to create hemostasis, uh, they can be really wonderful adjuncts. They can be used in concert with cord or alone. Uh, and then maybe even some people want to use uh, compression with a uh, like a retraction cap or a piece of cotton to push down on the uh, on the tissue. Uh, and then there's always lasers, um, but you know those are kind of the, the main ways we deal with uh, gingival uh, retraction tissue management for um, fixed crown and bridge impressions, uh, as well as sometimes even restorative dentistry. We use these tools. 
to create a, a, a bloodless field so that we can place composite resin. Yeah, and as far as hemostasis goes, is there any materials that you recommend in those instances where the, the doctor's prepping the tooth and the gingiva is just so hemorrhagic? What are some of the ways to control the bleeding? You know, we know about epinephrine. We've used that one for years as a part of our local anesthesia, but we also know that it comes with some cardiovascular side effects sometimes, and we need to be careful about picking the right patients. Then there's uh, things like aluminum chloride, which is a clear liquid. Uh, hemodent is a great example of that. And then there's uh, the, the brown liquid, the iron-containing liquid, the ferric sulfate, which I always like to con consider that's kind of the nuclear option. Uh, it really is very effective, but it comes with some potential downside. In fact, it will stain tooth, and if you're using a translucent restoration, that can be a problem. That stain can maybe show through. And so, you know, aluminum chloride, I, to me, feels like really the best option for, for stopping bleeding around a prepared tooth for a crown or bridge uh, or even for restorative dentistry. Now, on the cord technique, um, it seemed to me, you know, many years ago, that's primarily what dentists used when they took impressions. They would use either a single cord or double cord technique. That cord material has some hemostatic agents built into it, does it not? Yeah, you know, you can get the plain cord, um, but a lot of dentists like the belt and suspenders approach, which is, you know, cord is good, but if I could have cord with uh, material impregnated into it, like aluminum chloride, that'd be even better. And, uh, and so there are those products that have, you know, like uh, aluminum chloride already in them. Uh, if you want to soak a plain cord in the liquid, like a hemodent liquid or a hemoband liquid, uh, you know, the most important pearl I can give to a clinician is that those things need to be in there for a long time to really saturate the cord before they're placed in the mouth. And literature actually says that could take you know, 15 to 20 minutes for the cord to really absorb all that, uh, that liquid effectively before you put it in the mouth. So it's not just a quick dab in the aluminum chloride before you put the cord in the person's mouth. That should be done before the procedure even begins sometimes. Mm -hmm. Today, are dentists using the combination of cord and retraction paste more prevalently than uh, they are just the cord or the paste alone? The combination, is that more popular? Yeah, again, I use that phrase, uh, do not pass. Uh, you know, kind of a, a bottleneck in the procedure of crown and bridge is, is getting an impression. And uh, I like to think of Crown and Bridge as a series of smaller procedures, right? You have to create a, a nice prep. You have to do good tissue management and create an excellent preparation. Provisionalize if you're going to be doing that. And then hopefully that results in a wonderful restoration. So, you know, when it comes to the impression, again, that's a, another one of those bottlenecks or do not pass kind of times during the procedure. And so I think dentists want to throw everything at it. Uh, if you're going to do cord, you know, cord and paste works better. If you're going to do cord and paste, well, then maybe you have the patient bite down in a retraction cap. So you, using all those things will tend to give you the best results. Now, that, also be, that has to be balanced against the trauma that you would then cause to the patient by doing all those things. Cord alone, that will be painful. So you know, cord comes with the need to, call it, to administer local anesthesia. We hope that using paste uh, causes less gingival irritation. And so, you know, we're always looking for the best solution. Uh, this idea of better, safer, faster, um, balancing that with the need to get a good impression. But uh, to your question, you know, I think a lot of people still use cord. Uh, we know that a lot of people use paste, and, and my guess is that a lot of people use them together. Um, because even though the increased costs of using cord and paste, uh, you know, that accounts for, for more dollars in materials, uh, you almost have to think about that against what the cost would be to remake the impression in time and in materials. And so when you balance that out, I think 
using a cord and paste technique uh, might be your best option for a lot of those uh, those cases. Very well said, and, and I agree. Yeah, remakes are just uh, not economical in any way uh, whatsoever, and you certainly don't want to save on materials to bring your costs down when there's a risk of a remake, because remakes are, are just very expensive and just kills the workflow, as we all know. Um, let's get into handpiece pain points. One of the big pain points of, of dealing with a handpiece over time, obviously, is the weight of it. Um, and also being attached, tethered to the delivery unit, right, with a cord, which could cause more uh, ergonomic issues. Can you share with us some major pain points related to this and some options to overcome them? Yeah, you know, this is a, a, a really interesting topic, and I think where we're going with this is the idea of hand and wrist pain, musculoskeletal disorders in, in the dental team members, the dentist and the hygienist, and what impact could the handpiece, uh, the high-speed handpiece or the Profi handpiece have um, in, in contributing to these problems? Uh, one thing that's really, really been apparent to me as I've looked at this issue recently is that, that uh, musculoskeletal disorders affect, uh, you know, dentists and hygienists uh, at a very high rate, unfortunately. Uh, the most upsetting part about it is that uh, very few of us actually get diagnosed, but a lot of us experience the pain of hand and wrist musculoskeletal type disorder pain, uh, and uh, it actually can uh, shorten the years of our practice, uh, our lives. Uh, it is, we do a lot of things to mitigate it, um, but it's, it seems to be that it's kind of a fact of life of dentistry, is that we all sort of deal with hand pain, wrist pain, shoulder pain, neck pain at some point in our career, and, uh, you know, the prudent clinician is going to be doing things and thinking about strategies to, to, uh, to stay healthy so they can, uh, you know, maintain their practice, career, their lives, and, and extend those years of practice. And when it comes to handpieces, historically, these have been air-driven devices connected to our, our dental unit via a cord. Uh, the old-style coiled cords or the straight cords, which are designed to be a little, le- a little easier on your hands to prevent that pullback or tubing torque, they call it. Um, but nonetheless, cord drag, tubing torque is, is a big problem, especially because I like to think of a handpiece, not only in the dentist's hands, but in the hygiene hands, hygienist's hands, is like our paintbrush. And so we have to, we use that in a pen style grasp, and we're using it in very fine motions, repetitive motions. And so we're using our hand and wrist to balance that handpiece, create uh, very fine geometry and preparations or work in very small areas, and when we're being pulled backwards with a, with a, with a tube, uh, a cord, uh, you know, it's that uh, increased muscle load that uh, we know then can contribute over time to hand and wrist disorders. Yeah, so what's out there on the market today that our listeners could take advantage of? Yeah, the, you know, the innovation, I think, uh, has really focused on the hygiene side. So there's been some really great innovation in cordless handpieces to reduce weight, create more ergonomically designed handpieces, uh, and really focus on repetitive motions, the grip force of our hygienist. Do you have something at Premier Dental in the works or developed in the cordless area for the hygiene team? Well, yes, we do, and, and it really comes on the heels of uh, other instruments that we've worked on at Premier, you know, big-handled big uh, hygiene instruments with uh, uh, good tactile feel, Piggyback on that idea, listening to hygienists' concerns, we 
developed a new handpiece called the AeroPro Cordless Profi Handpiece, which is a specialized Profi handpiece, purely cordless, no no rheostat, to prevent you know uh, having to then uh, feel around on the floor to use your pedal. It's uh, controlled by a single button, uh, accepts any uh, Profi angle, and really ergonomically designed to be better balanced, uh, so that it uh, sits in your hand and requires very little pinch force. Because if you think about it, you know, general dentists, we get to do lots of different procedures over the course of a day. But unfortunately, our hygiene colleagues, they get to do, they, they pretty much have to do uh, very similar procedures all day, which means, you know, you may have 10, 12, 15 patients in your schedule, and you may end up doing 10, 12, 15 coronal polishings requiring a handpiece. And so that handpiece has got to be a high-performing handpiece, got to work well, got to be ergonomic, got to be light. Uh, to really prevent some of these hand and wrist problems that we're talking about. How is the handpiece powered and how does one control the RPM, et cetera, based on what they're doing? There's other cordless profi handpieces in the market. Uh, Dent Supply Serona, the new pro handpiece. There's one from Young. I mean, there's a few in the market, but we've tried to integrate all the best features of all the others and listening to the hygienist and uh, really focusing on that, that ergonomic design uh, to come up with a handpiece that is electrically, it's battery operated. And so it can sit in a cradle between patients and charge. It has uh, something called smart charge technology, which allows you to uh, get enough charge for a full day's worth of profis. Uh, so you don't need to, to charge in between, but you could. Uh, and it's controlled by a single button. Uh, there are two modes. One mode, it has a slow and a high speed. And then a, third, a second mode has three speeds, a low, medium, and high speed, giving you the freedom to... Um, the choice to select the right profi speed, the right mode for each individual patient. That sounds fascinating. One of the things that, um, you know, we found in the dental industry as a practicing dentist, it's always good to try something before you buy it. Now, with materials, that's fairly easy because you can ask the company for a sample. And there are some dentists that won't ever buy an adhesive or a restorative composite without trying a sample. And I can't blame them. So if a dentist is interested in trying AeroPro, um, I guess they could reach out to their retail rep, right, to have a demo in their office or give us an example of how they would try it before purchasing it. Yeah, great question. Uh, you know, you bring, you bring up that idea of uh, a dentist integrating a new bonding system or an impression material. And I, I love that uh, we as dentists are creatures of habit and, um, you know, we love the argument of what works best in my hands. Um, but I always come back to people and say, hey, what if there was something that could work better in your hands? Would you be at least open to trying it? And so if you're open to trying the AeroPro, uh, the idea of contacting a retail rep, uh, they would come to your office, arrange a demo for dentist, hygienist, whoever may be using the handpiece or making the decision. And uh, I believe there is a loaner program. What we are kicking off, I mean, this, this is a brand new product. We uh, sort of just introduced it. Uh, just after Chicago midwinter of this year, and we're a few months in, and it's you know showing some great success. But we are starting a loaner program where um, not only can we do a demo and go over features and benefits with the dental team, but then allow you uh, to have the unit for a few days uh, to try it out and, and see how you like it. I know when I practiced endodontics in Philadelphia, and that was many years ago, um, they were just coming out with a reciprocating handpiece for endodontics. It was a Kerr product. Um, and I was purchasing my stuff from Henry Schein Dental. They they sent a rep over with the manufacturer rep. So in this case, I guess for your product, you know, there would be maybe a premier rep with the dealer rep that whoever the dentist is using. In my case, it was Henry Schein. 
and they came over and they, it was, they let me use it. They said, hey, you know, try this for, for this week. I'll be back on Friday. It was like a Monday. I'll be back towards the end of the week. If you don't like it, I'll pick it up. If you like it, you know, buy it. And I loved it. I would have never bought it unless I tried it. That's the, exactly the mechanism that we're going for now, which is, you know, a, a, a retail rep, you know, potentially in concert with a, a distributor rep, then could come to your office and uh, discuss how it could fit into um, your practice, mm-hmm. give everybody a chance to try it. And then, you know, when the rubber meets the road, trying it in in real, uh, you know, a live patients on, you know, during a busy day and seeing how it can work uh, within the flow of patients over the course of the day. Well, that was excellent, Dr. Goodchild. I really appreciate your insight into uh, two stressors in the dental practice. One is obviously tissue management, because if you don't get that tissue retracted properly, where the prep is clean and doesn't have all the stuff that could impede a good impression, you're heading down a path towards a remake, which we all know we do not want. That applies to both traditional materials and digital scans, like you mentioned. And then, of course, the other one was ergonomics, and you gave a really nice uh, review on ergonomics and how important it is for the practitioner to be aware of long-term usage of particular kinds of hand pieces that could down the road cause problems that they're not even really symptomatic of initially, but could develop into a, a problem where it shortens their career. So really good points. I hope I summed them up fairly accurately. Thanks very much for your feedback, Dr. Goodchild. Thanks, Phil. Enjoyed being here.